Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by just one rugby writer, that's Simon Thomas. Good afternoon, Simon. Happy New Year to everyone. Don't know where Mr Howell is, he's obviously having an extended break while we're back at the grindstone bringing all the news to the public. Indeed. Clearly enjoying his uh, start to 2018 while yes. we are here in the office discussing Welsh rugby. Yes, Like indeed. nothing ever changes and uh, it's another Welsh derby, the third weekend or round of... Uh, Welsh derbies this weekend uh, we'll start with the Scarlets against the Dragons Friday night yeah it's pretty hectic I mean for that game you've got a group of teams there two teams who've got three games in 11 days I think it is so it's been a it's been a full on period and then they're straight into Europe afterwards so it's uh, it's certainly hectic and it's, it's certainly drawing the, the crowds in I mean we obviously had the, the full house at the um, the Arms Park on, uh, on New Year's Eve for the Scarlets game Scarlets came away with a win, once again showing that they just have got this winning habit, this knack of getting the results. Came away with a late victory against the Ospreys. Held on against the Blues, who probably had the better of the game in terms of territory and possession. A couple of key decisions, key moments in that game. But again, they got the win. They just know how to get these victories. Uh, now against the Dragons, who have got a, a, you know, major injury issues in certain areas. And although the Scarlets themselves are bringing a few new players in, I mean, if you look at particularly their back row, it's, I think it's very strong with Cubby Boy and Shingler and Barkley. And it's a strong whereas, whereas the Dragons have got you know very inexperienced back. I mean, you, you would look at that and you would expect a pretty comfortable win for the Scarlets, really. I think that's the thing that was we saw coming out of the team today is it's a very strong Scarlets pack, and then the backs are a bit more mix and match. You know, the, the pack, I think, the front row they're playing. Rob Evans, Ken Owen, Samson Lee, for the first time in a long time, they've been able to field that international front three. Uh, the back rows you mentioned, it, and then the back line. Uh, Patchell's at fullback. I think that's probably the, one of the first times he's played. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see him there. I mean, it's easily to forget, perhaps, that his two starts for Wales have both come at fullback. Uh, but, you know, clearly he moved to the Scarlets to play fly half. That's where he's played. That's where he got back into the Welsh setup, and he, he came on off, off the bench and played it fly half against South Africa in that victory um, but obviously I think Halfpenny is out a bit of a pectoral problem so they need to shuffle it around a bit and he'll do a very fine job there I mean the one for me that's the really good news is Samson Lee coming back um, he was badly missed by Wales during the autumn especially so towards the end of that when Thomas Francis had to go back um, to Exeter uh, you know and Samson's had this Achilles problem I mean, it's, it's something that goes back to like before the last World Cup if you think about it um, I think it was in the 2015 game against Ireland that he first ruptured his Achilles. He's come back and he's had a bit of a kind of, not so much of a recurrence, but a bit of a scar tissue or something like that. So it was a problem and it was, it was irritating him. And he wasn't able to play in the autumn and he was missed. And you just hope now that he's put that behind him and he can kick on. And with the Six Nations coming up, it's a very timely boost for the Scarlets and for Wales. I mentioned the Six Nations there. Uh, our colleague Matt Southcombe uh, tweeted earlier in the week and he wasn't too pleased with the sort of fixture list. And you mentioned it, it's a gruelling fixture list. And if you think about it, from the autumn, mm. you've had the four autumn internationals, the Scarlets were in South Africa for the last two of those, then straight into two rounds of Europe, then three rounds of Welsh derbies, yeah. two more rounds of Europe, and then suddenly it's the Six Nations again. Yeah, they could certainly do with that weekend off they're going to have at the end of January. That was one lovely weekend they get. Listen, professional sport, it's a hard thing. I mean, clearly the regions uh, have tried to sort of juggle things up. But if you look at someone like Josh Navidi, for example, Played pretty much all the rugby going into the autumn. Played in all four tests. Like he had one weekend off for the game at Sale away, which he needed. But he's played a heck of a lot of rugby 
he's not in his own um, but that is the nature of the beast and it, it does take its toll and you know you can see how much it takes a toll by the injury list the Wales yeah. have been hit with you know with a month or so with a month to go before the start of the championship it's an increasing list exactly we'll get onto that in a little bit uh, onto the Dragons team again there's no place for Gavin Henson yeah it was very interesting to see him in a kind of uh, mere culpa putting his hands up <laughs> fashion admitting you know in response to someone's tweet yeah he didn't play very well against the Blues and he lost his place as a result um, for the next match you know the Dragons had against the Ospreys and he's not involved again now so yeah he was he, let's be honest he had, he had a disappointing game against the Blues he, uh, he was put down on his backside by Owen Lane he was found out a little bit with uh, stepping up the line for I think it was Ray Lilo's try uh, yeah so it wasn't his best hour uh, but you know he, he's still a class act he's got a lot to offer and I'm sure as the season progresses now he'll still play a role because uh, it's, the it's Dragons an, need experience yeah, it's an interesting one because we said at the start of the season it has proved true that when Gavin Henson's played well the Dragons have invariably played well and in considering that after this last weekend of derbies it's back to Europe where the Dragons don't really have a lot riding on the last two games Yeah, you would have thought you know, what's, the, what's the harm in playing Gavin this week? Yeah, it's, it's, a, little bit of, one, it's a little bit of a surprise unless they've decided they want to give it for additional time to some of the young fly halves that are on their books but uh, whatever happens I think we know it's going to be a tough old day at the office of the Dragons and you know, I think we, we constantly hear that you know it's a, it's a work in progress, and uh, you know it won't possibly until the squad is in place for next season that you can start to judge them. But it is difficult because you, you're trying to build some momentum behind a new operation, a new setup. Uh, and if you look at it on New Year's Eve, there was only five and a half thousand there for, for the game against the Ospreys, which is actually down on last year really for the corresponding New Year's Day game. I think it was. So that is a concern because obviously. We've had the change of name there. New Bob being removed from the name. In theory, the idea was it be the move towards a more regional feel. You would hope that you would bring more people in from the, the, the greater, greater Gwent area, the valleys. Um, but you know, I've always maintained this that it's not a name, it's not affinity that brings people through the gates. It's success more than anything. You know, and uh, the Scarlets this season they've shown it um, in terms of their crowds going up. It's going to be difficult to build a crowd until the results improve, and it's difficult to get the results improving until you have a real input of players. Uh, yeah, but I suppose you just have to be a little bit patient in terms of the performances on the field. Uh, but let's not just pretend that you know dropping the Newport name is suddenly going to get hordes of people <laughs> coming down the valleys. It doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. Well, it's been a tough December and you feel like it was a December they probably would have been targeting because if you look at the way the Dragons have set up this season it's been home games have been the priority away games less so and in December they had five home games all in a row uh, and the only the only one they won was against NSI and that was a 15-0 win wasn't it yeah. they've drawn the other one against Ulster and then lost three yeah basically the results aren't significantly improved from recent no. years um, yeah there's still an awful lot of work to do and in fairness Jackman is the first to say that and they haven't been helped by losing, you know, some key players to injury. I mean, their back row, they've used so many players this season. Another young debutant this weekend again. So, uh, yeah, it's a struggle for them. and You don't see it get any easier this weekend. Well, that's it. Another young debutant. The average age of the squad is 22 this weekend. Oldest player, I think it's Sam Beard, 27. So it's it's going to be a tough ask to go to Parker Scarlett. Very tough ask, yeah. And get the win. Um, we'll move on to the other derby. That's the Ospreys uh, hosting the Cardiff Blues. Uh, hopefully 
the Liberty Stadium pitch will be holding out. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the midweek football match. I did, <laughs> yes. Well, it was very heavy rain, wasn't it, in fairness? I mean, to get through that was an achievement. I mean, it's generally been a good pitch, um, and it should hopefully be a good game, this one. Uh, the Blues were very, very frustrated. You know, you could see, speaking to Danny Wilson after the game, I've spoken to him since again. He's no less frustrated, having watched it back, that game against the Scarlets, because... They did have the opportunities to win the match. There were some absolutely pivotal decisions there. Um, probably the biggest one was the incident where James Davis pulled off a steal um, on his own line as the, as the Blues were pressing. Hey, listen, you know, the great open sides of the game have been very adept at living on the edge, living on the limit, pushing the laws and getting away with what they get away with. On another day, James could, you know, because he did come in from the side, on another day, Cubby Boy could have been, you know, penalised and maybe yellow carded, but he got away with it. The Scarlets won the game. Uh, it was just one of those occasions where you know the, the, he rolled the dice and it rolled, it rolled the right number. Uh, but it, it worked both ways. I mean, Ellis, uh, I think it was Ellis Jenkins's try. When you look at that, that looked like he didn't quite reach the line and get grounded. So it, it does swing both ways. There was the other incident from um, I think it was Gareth Davis scored off the well, Gareth, scrum, didn't well, he? We had Gareth Davis's try where there was the decision um, against James Davis yeah, again. again. Yeah, that that was you know mixed opinions. I think he might just have got that one right, Clancy, because uh, James wasn't probably fully. Bound. I think I think by the letter of the law yeah, he got it right. But there were other ones. There were other issues like there was the knock, the deliberate knockdown by Tad Byrne, which could easily have been a yellow card. And if you remember, just after that, then when they kicked at the corner. There was the forward pass given against Jared Evans to Lilo, and that, that looked a bit dubious. Look, but you can pick these things out, and yeah. generally over the season, they, they kind of balance each other out. Uh, the Blues, you know, probably should have won that game given the dominance there. They didn't get enough points on the board in the first half. But I come back to what I say if you don't nail these scarlets down and you keep them in the game, they have a habit of winning matches, and their defence in that second half was hugely resilient. And the Blues just couldn't crack them, and the Scarlets came away with a win. So the Blues now go to the Ospreys, needing really to get a win to make it a positive Absolutely. Christmas for them. And then the other side of the coin, you've got the Ospreys who've just beaten the Dragons. We want to continue that momentum. So it's it's not a happy hunting ground for, for the Blues no. Liberty Stage, and they've won there for a long time. Uh, but I find that one quite a hard game to call. It's I really do. Ospreys will be without Dan Lydiat. Yeah, um, and Reese Webb could be a doubt as well. Yeah, they they back, they do have sort of um, back row issues a little bit down there, which is very ironic. We were talking today about you know uh, they've got a Welsh international back row where they, it doesn't seem to feature in Sam Cross. It's been a that's been an amazing story all around that. Uh, Webb showed I thought against the Dragons with a fine player he is again. He would be a loss. It, it's going to be a very very interesting game. Um, if you look at the Blues over Christmas, uh, their driving lineup, particularly against the Scarlets, was very effective. Whereas the Scarlets gave them a few problems in the scrum. Now, I think Arhep is a strong scrummager. That would be an interesting test. And I think Gethin Jenkins comes back into the mix for the Blues, so they have two experienced Blues there in Gill and Gethin Jenkins. And for the first time this season, the Blues are pretty, picking pretty much from a full strength squad. Uh, I. I would still edge towards the Ospreys for this one, though, I think, just because the, the Blues do find it very hard to pick up wins there. For me, this is the sort of game where we'll see where the Ospreys are, because if you think about the games they've won and played well in, you know, the European games, they're always going to be up for them. Scarlets, always going to be up for that, and they know they can bring a fiscal game and try out muscle the Scarlets. Northampton are a very poor team, so two wins there. Dragons, again, didn't really offer much. And, you know, the big-name the big players like Dan Bigger just... Brought the you know that 
wise old head and just got the win. It's these sort of games where you know they're going to have to do something to win it. Yeah, it was interesting listening to the Blues this week. They kind of the take from there is very much that they think the Ostries have gone back to basics a little yeah. bit after a, you know a very tricky sort of autumn, probably playing a slightly more direct game in attack and certainly relying very much on the forward power. And if you look at where the players have come through in recent weeks, I mean Bradley Davis has been a resurgent force there, which is good news again for Wales because. Um, with Jake Ball out injured, there's a you know there's a strong case maybe for Bradley, who still only just turns 31 <laughs> this coming week. So you know, he's plenty of old dog in, yeah. dog in him yet. Um, and his partnership in the secondary with Alan Wynne Jones, that's a mighty physical partnership. And the Blues, that if you look at their pack, I mean, they've they've used a lot of different second rows this season, and they they utilise on occasions. Turnbull or Macaulay Cook as a second row. It depends how they want to play. You know, if they want to play a more kind of uh, athletic, um, fluid game, they've got, as I say, those two converted flankers. They've also got Seb Davies who can play that way. But on the other hand, they've got the likes of Damien Welsh and and um, George Hill, who had a very good game against the Scouts. So I did ask Danny Wilson, "What's he going to do up against the two juggernauts in the Ospreys? Are they going to try and stick?" You know, c- compete with them physically and competitively. Are they going to try and run around them? He wouldn't give much away, so we'll have to wait until the team selection. But I think the Blues will look to play. I think they do view the Ospreys as looking to play probably as a more, you know, direct, perhaps slightly more one paced. So I think the Blues will look to play with pace. So it could be an interesting contrast in style. You mentioned Bradley Davis there, and there's a little reunion with Reece Gill. Gill. You just done a piece on it. Today. Yeah, it was good value, Reece Gill, wasn't I? Chatted him about it yesterday. They go back a long, long way. They go back to Pontypridd, then to Seventeens, then the Celtic Warriors Academy, then the Blues Academy, and uh, they played together for three or four years there before Reece went to the Saracens, and obviously later on Bradley went to the Wasps. Um, and now they're back together and uh, Reese was telling me how he had uh, Bradley over for uh, Br- Boxing Day dinner I would imagine Brad eats a fair bit because uh, Brad was quite funny when he was talking about the the, uh, the Christmas derbies uh, this week as well he was saying how uh, the fans like him he said you know and uh, if they want us to play on Boxing Day New Year's Day fair enough it just means we have to have one less sprout and a bit less beer so it was really confirmed exactly what Reese was saying that there ain't many bigger characters in Welsh rugby than Bradley no. Davis. You know, yeah, there was a trio of them together there at uh, those formative years. It was Reese, and the second row partnership was Bradley Davis and Lou Reed. Now you wouldn't have too many quiet days with those two involved. No. And I, and Reese was saying that it's a fair bet that on Saturday you won't be able to move for hearing Bradley's voice. You know, be at it throughout <laughs> some quip or other. Uh, yeah, but he is. I, I like Bradley Davis. Always have done. He is one of those kind of people that even when you're probably at the twenty, thirty point pummeling, you'll still make you feel a bit better on a Monday morning. And I think you need those kind of people in rugby that will lift you up. And he's just yeah, a big bloke with a big personality. I'm talking about popular people in Welsh rugby, it was uh, you mentioned him briefly before. It was good to see Ellis Jenkins back on the field a lot <laughs> earlier than Ellis would have expected <laughs> absolutely because big Nick Williams took a bang to the head and I think Ellis was on within the first quarter and would probably have already been looking at about 25 minutes I would have thought off the bench but in fair play he, he, he stood up to the pace well scored a try it was given as a try anyway <laughs> and uh, you know certainly in that first half he was very involved it was interesting to watch it because for that period there after Nick Williams went off he had three open sides in the loose back row with Nick Robinson uh, and with um, Robinson Ollie Robinson sorry and uh, Navidi and Ellis Jenkins and it was a hard work for Cubby Boy in that first <laughs> half it was all flying around him 
But he found a way of adapting his game in that second half and up against the three open sides. He was the one who ended up coming up as man of the match. So and it was good because I mean, if you look at it, throwing ahead to Wales and the Six Nations, given the back row injury problems Wales have got with no Falato, um, you can legit now is probably going to be out for what were we saying four to six weeks. I believe so. Yeah, missed the right? start. So the he's six out. Yeah. He's out. Um, Falato and Moriarty. So yeah. there are opportunities. Ollie Griffiths is also out until early weeks of the Six Nations. So there's opportunities. You know, vacancies in the back row department. And you could very well see both James Davis and Ellis Jenkins getting into that squad. Because uh, uh, if you look at it now, who's going to play number eight? Well, the favourite has to be probably Josh Navidi in that opening yeah, game yeah. against Scotland. Because if, if you look at other contenders, I mean, Dan Baker's out long term. I think James King has been injured. He's, you know, So I think you could end up with Navidi playing eight, um, probably Shingler at six, and then you've got an option about a Tipperick. James Davis or Alice Jenkins at seven, which isn't too bad. It's fast. It's fast. It's fast. There ain't a huge amount of bulk there. So more than ever, if Josh Navidi ends up at seven, he's going to be have to punch in a bit of his weight, as he always does for the Blues and did for Wales in the autumn. Is there, is there a possibility of Seb Davis being in the back row? I mean, I'd be asking a lot. I mean, it was, they obviously experimented with yeah. it against Georgie. And I, I, as far as I can know, he never really played eight <laughs> before. Um, I would like to see Seb Davis playing where he plays which is in the second yeah. row because I think you know if you look at it Alamin Jones Bradley Davis Luke Charteris they're all in their 30s we need to develop young second rows for the next World Cup and beyond and the, the two on the block really are Seb Davis and Adam Beard probably seen as the next ones yeah. and I'd like to see them sort of being heavily involved but as second rows but then again if, if Wales long term see Seb Davis more as a back pro then, then so be it and he's certainly got the ball handling skills and the footballing skills but I just think you know I would like to see him play second row because in his head he is certainly a second row but we shall see yeah you, you just I think with the autumn the re, the fact he played eight was more the fact that Navidi was our only seven yeah, and we was. couldn't really risk him it, it once again has shown just how much we relied on a fit to look before it's out for so long last year he got away with it because not so much got away with it but we sort of still as you know a strong back row because Ross Mirati came and just yeah. but now the, in a way Ross is even more of a worry because he's I think he's played one game of rugby since June when he was forced home early from the Lions tour and he's got this back nerve problem I've suffered from back nerve problems and I don't have to run around with people smashing into me on a rugby field and it's not much fun having that so we have our fingers very firmly crossed for Ross because um, he obviously needs to get that resolved uh, and it's a very much an unclear situation but when he's going to play again at the moment exactly um, and the other area of well, crisis almost is, is the back three isn't it because uh, the latest injury is George North uh, he's out for four weeks yeah so as we look at it now George probably is going to miss the first week you know it was you know he said no luck at all it was, it was his comeback appearance he'd missed the autumn internationals after getting injured I think in October September yeah. October time for Northampton took a knee ligament uh, injury there came back and the first carry in his comeback game against the Harlequins wasn't it Probably, by yeah. Twickenham takes a bang again tries to run it off stays on comes off eventually and we now find out he's out for at least a month four weeks so he's going to miss the start Hallam Amos we, knows, yeah. we already know high ankle strain he's going to be out probably maybe the second or third round of the Six Nations Liam Williams we haven't seen him on a rugby field since the game against Georgia in mid-November oh. now in December uh, 
And Mark McCall, the director of Rugby at Saracen, said that they hope he'd be back in three or four weeks, which brings us to round about next week. But I noticed in the Saracen injury update this week, while McCall was referring to how Vitoje and Billy Vunapola were coming through and nearing readiness, no mention of Liam. So it's gone quiet on that. So again, fingers are very firm because we could really do with Liam Williams coming back in time, but there's not long to go now. So if you take that those three are all currently out of the equation, Steph Evans is suspended, won't play probably now again until the Six Nations after his sending off against the Ospreys, the tip yeah. for the hit on Ben John. You start to cast around, you say, Halfpenny, who some people have said, oh, they should be looking at someone else who brings more attacking options. He's probably now the first name exactly, there. Yeah. And then who's going to play in the wings? Steph Evans, it was a mixed bag in the autumn, scored a good, well-taken try against Australia some defensive issues it was a learning experience a tough learning Sorry. experience for him but I'd like to see his talent persevered with long term but do you start him and if you've got other people then coming into the equation who've been there before like Alex Cuthbert is fit again now starting again a lot of people you know he's somebody that the keyboard warriors love to have a go at but you know, Warren Gatlin has always been a fan, has, has, has often talked about looking to get him back up to form, the form he, that made him a lion in 2013. You've got Alid Brew playing well at Bath, and of course you've got this youngster Josh Adams. Exactly, he is. The young lad from Hendy, Nathan Nethley, who uh, was released by the Scarlets, uh, I think it was 2015, uh, and then the one game for them, never really got a look in, went to Worcester, first season, he spent quite a bit of that out on loan in Cinderford, but Last year and a half, he hasn't looked back, and he's currently the top try scorer in the Viva Premiership. Nine touchdowns there, one other one as well outside the league. Six uh, in a row. He he's, is he's he's big, he's very, very quick, and he knows his way to that whitewash. Now, he's a, he's a youngster again, 22. But if you're looking on form, you know, he's certainly got a you know, strong case for inclusion, and that's got possibly inclusion against Scotland. But then again, if you come on form, the other person who he would think would be a little bit of a no-brainer for a squad call-up would be Dan Evans. Absolutely. Top try-scorer in the Champions Cup, six tries, a brace against Claremont, Northampton and the Saracens. has been excellent for the Ospreys this season, but as he has been for the last three or four years, but he just keeps getting overlooked. And, you know, you, you kind of think he probably will be again. Uh, so you then start to float around who else could come into the back three occasion. Obviously, Owen Lane has come through now for the Blues. He's not. He's only just turned twenty. You know, he's uh, only made his debut for the Blues in, in November in the league against Connacht, and he's essentially an outside centre. But he grabbed his chance in the wing and with the injuries there, and he could be coming to the uh, outside of the frame. You got Ashton Hewitt as well, who's, who's back playing again. But you got lots yeah. of names. But there's there's no, no one, one really no one grabbing, really grabbing it. it. Uh, I think Josh Adams is an interesting one. That is Absolutely. a very interesting. Yeah. Playing against Bath, I think this weekend it'd be interesting to see how he goes there because he might be going up against Alid Brewer. They certainly may both be playing. Uh, I, I mean, as it stands now, I, I think your probably your most realistic starting back three would be Halfpenny, Steph Evans, and Liam Williams, depending on Liam being fit. Um, but there's lots of ifs and buts in there, aren't there? Yeah, there is. Uh, the thing with Josh Adams, what you remember is, you know, he scored in six consecutive games. Mm. He's, he's heading towards a Premiership record. I think Mark Cueto holds it with eight, and he, he's playing in a team that are sitting in eleventh out of twelve teams. So he's, it's not like he's playing for Saracens, you know, finishing off easy moves uh, no. while the forwards dominate. This is this is a player who is effectively living off scraps and, and scoring tries off it. So that's, and some of the tries have been quite spectacular as Absolutely. well. Um, if you look. 
it wasn't so much like uh, beating 20 men and uh, going through everybody, but, but the try against the Saris of the week, that was just sheer gas, you know, winning a foot race for the ball. And the two tries he's got to London Irish, they, you know, they were excellent scores. And uh, yeah, if you were looking at the, the winger, the Welsh winger on form at the moment, he'd be a man. That's, that's maybe the pleasing thing as well, it's the pace, because how many wingers have we gone through in the last few years where we've gone, oh, they're, they're good, but they haven't quite got international pace? You know, Tom James. Mm. Hal Amos for a long time had been written off. Uh, Steph Evans, that was some of the calls for him, was hasn't got enough pace at this level. It's just good to see a, a winger without an out pace, isn't it? Yeah, and he's not a small boy either. Um, I think there's been a few issues defensively which have been exposed this season, so that's something that Wills would look to work on. It's always a big thing for them. But you certainly like to see him in the squad and given an opportunity to see if he can you know, carry his club form through to international squad level. We'll just touch briefly back on, on Dan Evans because Dan Evans rather the one thing that maybe not annoys me but I just can't see now Josh Navidi got his chance in, chance in the autumn yeah. we get the impression that James Davis is going to get his chance so, so, so why isn't it different for Dan Evans that's the weird thing for me it's not like Gatlin's being stubborn with all the players as him and Eddie Jones so often are when there's a public clamour they tend not to pick these players. Yeah, I mean Aaron Schindler. Aaron Schindler Absolutely. was probably out in the wilderness for a little while, played well for the Scarlets, has got a second chance. Josh went four years without playing for Wales between Japan and the uh, summer two of the South Seas. Gallon had never picked him in a squad, had it, before? This um, so they have showed a willingness to give people who have consistently produced form an opportunity, except in the case of Dan Evans. Now, only they can tell us what it is in particular that he, they have issues with. Um, he's a solid defender, he's not the world's greatest defender, but he's solid there. You know, and he picks a, a gap in an opposition defence like few players in the modern game, and he scores tries, and he's got a good left boot in him. Um, maybe they see that it's lack of out and out pace, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's a question that will be asked again if he's not involved in the squad. And you feel like they're the things we need because we're going to lack a, a left boot. John Davis is out and he his yeah. left boot has been key to us. Hey looking, they may prove us all wrong and pick him. <laughs> well, <there laughs> Who knows? You know. But uh, what is what is Dan say himself? Out. They just don't like me. <laughs> certainly know I know the feeling Dan. I certainly yeah, I certainly know how that feels. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll finish uh with predictions for the two games this weekend. So Scarlets against the Dragons at Parker Scarlets. Bonus point victory for the Scarlets. And then Ospreys against the Blues. Ospreys win, losing bonus point for the Blues. Um with, I think, man of the match will be, I'll go for man of the match, uh, Scott Baldwin if he plays, because I think he, as someone who has been outstanding in recent weeks, he has turned the corner, hasn't he? He has really turned the corner since the uh, Lion King incident, and I, he's the top look, and I like to see people who come through adversity and deliver and I think he is someone who's pushing hard for a Wales squad selection Absolutely there's a, there's a piece online we've done uh, with him um, one of the best interviews you'll probably read this year from Robbie Blair about his sports um, psychologist yeah. I'll, I'll leave that for you guys at home to uh, find online and read that's all uh, for today you can catch all the latest news and updates from all the games this weekend on Wales Online